What up, what up, what up? How you living? How you doing? How you feeling? It is the L-E-F-K-O-E man, and I am on location. This is my first day in Atlanta, and I needed a vet to help make me feel comfortable as I'm away from home now. And I don't know if there's a better one in the NFL than Cam We're talking about as a player, we're talking about as a family that has been a part of the NFL for so long, but just a guy that takes no bullshit from anybody. Cam Hayward, good to have you on again. Appreciate you having me. Um, I just saw you were 84 in the top 100. What is the highest that you've been on the NFL 100? I think uh, 48. Mm. But it's their choice. <laughs> I You play a position that will never be high on that ranking, though. Right. And yet yeah, everyone tells me that NFL games are one of the trenches, and yet people in the trenches, unless your name's like Aaron Donald, or J.J. Watt ever gets mentioned that high. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where everybody else falls, and then I can have, mm. like, a full discussion because, um, you know, Aaron's a, Aaron's a beast. Um, but you look at some of these other guys, I'm like, you know, what's really separating this guy from that guy? Mm. Um, I have a lot of respect for a lot of guys across the league, but, man, th- these voting suck. It's – it seems unanimous from all the players. Right. And but I, so you're right. So do you think players are not necessarily looking at where they are, but if they're a wide receiver, comparing themselves to where the other wide receivers went? Of course. You know, we're in a competitive league as it is. But you show some rating, some rankings, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna flip out as soon as we see it. You know, we we feel like we put in the work. Yeah. Um, and if my stats or my production is better than the guy who's lower than me, you know, then, then I feel like I got a, a quality beef on my hands. How, how can we get, cause I think the players are voting on it. I think that's who it is, but mm-hmm. this is also more of a commentary on pro bowls. And then the bigger one, which I think is hall of fame and right. Your position is not one that's going to be a ton of sacks. You know, your position, I almost want to look at TJ's and Bud Dupree's stats and Devin Bush's stats uh, because you're mm-hmm. impacting them so much. So, like, for the lay person like myself, how can we be better versed at, like, discussing your position because it's so impactful? So, I think first you look at uh, team success and, you know, uh, you look at – group success when I mean offense to defense. And then I would look at it, um, you know, you got to have some guys who are well-versed in the D-line, whether they understand a 4-3 front or a 3-4 front, um, because there are different uh, jobs and different responsibilities for each. Um, Not to say that anyone is better than each, but if a guy performs his job at a 3-4 end just as good as a 4-3 end because of what he's asked to do, I don't see um, a wrong in that. I mean, why you should hold the three, four guy back. Um, you know, everybody's asked to do different things. That's why it's kind of surprising when you look at the cornerback position, you never see the nickel corners or the dime corners getting love when they're asked to cover guys across the field and deal with different slots. And don't have the sideline as, as a helper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's, there, there are some monsters that come across that middle whether it's a tight end or a really shifty uh, um, running back or even a wide receiver, you know, those guys have to deal with a lot more. And plus they blitz. So, you know, there are different things that happen on the field and you got to be able to do a lot, but why are we disvaluing those guys because they're able to do more? 
you talked about team success in the beginning of that. And yeah. one of the big surprises in the NFL for me last year that I don't think people talk about, I bring it up, I feel like every show, is that Steelers defense last year was suffocating. When you think about, and I say this a lot, the Steelers went 8-8 eight and eight with right. with – and I'm, I'm not talking bad on these guys. It's just the realistic nature of it was Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph when we were expecting uh -huh. it to be Big Ben with all the craziness that happened at the wide receiver position. And your defense was every single game in a 10-7, 13-10. You've been on some really good Steelers defenses. Where does this one stack up to your career so far? You know, I think it's one of the best. Um, you know, I think um, – there's not a lot of holes in our defense. Uh, you know, I know we didn't start off the way we wanted, and we kind of dug ourselves a hole and going 0-3. Uh, losing your quarterback, uh, running back and wide receiver are kind of nicked up. Um, you know, I knew we were a good defense when uh, one of our scouts told me, you know, you can't give up 14. You've got to give up 10. Wow. So you know, we, went in, we went in the games with that, and then also – we got to be opportunistic defense where we not only just get the turnover, but we score on those turnovers too. Um, you know, to have that type of confidence in your defense and, you know, not think your back's against the wall, but like, you know, we think we can do this. Um, and that's kind of what I want to take into this year because I feel like, you know, guys, we set the bar high. Now we got to take it even further. You know, now we understand um, we might have some extra pieces on the offensive side, but for us, man, we can control the entire game, and we don't have to give up a single point. When two secondary guys I want to talk about, because I felt like there was a span of four or five years where it was like you and Tuit were destroying people. But, and again, I'm right. not talking bad on anybody, but the coverage on the back end didn't match. And now uh, Joe Hayden came in a few years ago. What is it right. like when the vet from the other team comes in from mindset and also performance? Like, what did Joe bring when he came in? Man, uh, getting Joe, um, he brought a certain type of leadership in the back end that we hadn't had in a while. Um, you know, someone who was not only confident in what he does, but, you know, you look out at him and he's like, I got this. Like, there's no drop off. Like, you know, it. You guys you were know, rotating young I, guys for a number of years. So I'm right. sure that was comforting. Yeah, you know, I remember there were games and like me, this is me just learning Joe, where I, you know, I, I scream, I, I, I talk to my guys and like Joe's just like, tell me what you need, I got you. And like, when you can have that type of relationship with a corner and him understanding that I don't need all this extra, I know what I got to do, I'm going to improve and have it done right then and there, man, that's a, that's a skilled, savvy, you know, guy that we needed and then, you know, We've just added more guys around, whether it's Mika or Steve Nelson. Those guys have become, you know, prominent players on our defense. Nelson is such a guy that I forgot about where you go everywhere he's gone, he's played in big games. You just want those guys on your team. But Minka was yeah. the one that I felt like took it up a notch because you said you need to be yeah. opportunistic. What was your expectations when he came there? And then did he exceed them? Man, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, we gave up a first-round pick. I don't, I don't know what to expect. Um, but, you know, from the San Francisco <clears throat> the San Francisco game on, dude was just racking up turnovers. Um, the, the fact that, like, 
he came in, I think on like a Tuesday, and literally we threw him out, out the next that next game at San Francisco, and he was responsible for like three or four turnovers. Um, and his communication is just uh, it's it's underrated, man. I I think a lot of people don't understand how much he loves this game and how much he studies because um, he was already in tune with us in a matter of you know, a couple days. When Nick Saban says you're one of the favorite guys he's ever coached, like for me, I, I never had questions about Minka. The only question I had was, is Miami going to figure out the right way to use him? And they're going through a rebuild right now. And I'm going, you know, it would have been great to have a leader on the defense like Minka. Like we, we, I'm hearing everyone talk right now about this Jamal Adams thing. You don't give up two first for a safety, man. They give up, you give up one for Minka and he's, He's younger and he's faster. Like it, I, I just never had doubts. It's crazy. Man, I'm glad you can't go back on trades right now because, man, we I think we really stuck it to him when we just got him for one first pick. Uh, you know, he is he's been very vital to our defense, um, keeping the top end on things. Um, and it's like you know, it's one thing to just be a safety who keeps the top on it, but when you're running the other way with the ball um, and you're getting touchdowns. Man, that's icing on the cake. You know, we I think we have a you know a, a great safety and maker that you know is going to be a Pittsburgh Steelers for a long time. How excited are you to see Big Ben out there and kind of have that comfort level as a defense where you go, oh, uh, you know, Big Ben's back at QB. Man, you know, I I appreciate what Duck and Mason did, but for us. Um, our main goal is to get Ben the ball as much as possible. Um, you know, a good defense is a defense on the sideline, a great defense, actually. So, you know, going forward, we're going to give Ben all those opportunities. And having that Hall of Fame quarterback, that, that guy who's won two Super Bowls, uh, you know, in a situation where he doesn't have to drive the whole field and, you know, he's going to have easier situations, man, we want to cater to him. We want to make sure he's in the best situation possible. Because I would say for a few years there, it was like, Ben's got to put up 40 with Martavis and Antonio, and we're going to get into like kind of a, a race here. He hasn't had a defense like that, I think, since he first started, like when, when he yeah, went you know, to the Super Bowl's first year. Yeah, you know, I think um, as much as we're going to benefit him in that approach, I think having him is going to benefit us. You know, we all, do, all talk about we want sacks and picks and fumbles. Man, what an opportunity to have. When you got a guy already racking up seven um, and, you know, defenses look at the scoreboard and already down 14 to 21, oh. you know, now we get to really sit letter yeah, hair on fire. Back. Yeah. You know, we talk about all these pass rush moves. Now we get a chance to use them. So I'm looking forward to it. You're right. I don't think people realize that. You, like, that's why I used to laugh when, when defensive guys get to play on a Kyle Shanahan offense or a Sean. Like, you think about Aaron Donald with Sean McVay. Like almost yeah. every time, oh, they're up 14. I get to rush instead of trying to hold ground. People don't think about that. Yeah, we got to stop the run early. And, you know, we stop the run early and, you know, we get them in a situation where they got to play quick ball and they got to play fast. Man, we got to eat. And I'm looking forward to it. That, that's the thing I'm, I'm really looking forward to. I cover a lot of basketball now. And uh, Rick Pitino one time straightened me out the press conference because – he, he point blank asked, asked me in front of all these people, Adam, why do you think our offense is not doing well? 
and I, I brought up shooting, and I brought up passing, and he goes, no, <laughs> because we're not stopping anybody, which means we have to take the ball out of the basket so we can't get any fast breaks. Our offense would be right. better if our defense was good. And when you realize that it's all connected, you realize it's, yeah. it's never just one person. It's the collective. Yeah. You know, it's, it's chess, not checkers. You know, you're, you're really just trying to – you know, I feel like the, in the beginning parts of a game, there's so much thinking going on that if one team, you know, jumps out or, you know, gets that turn to really impose their will, then it sets up the entire game. You know, you're able to do more things when you got a lead and, um, you know, and you're able to limit a team when you got a, a lead as well. I, I'm hoping for some insight here because okay. Big Ben for me, they're the, the, the one video where they're throwing the pads at him and he's knocking them away. I've heard that right. he's like a fun guy. I've also heard that he's more disciplined than people let on. Uh, there was a lot of stories. Oh, we don't know if he's actually working out. What is your perception of Big Ben and his work ethic and, and what people from the outside don't see that you guys see? I think people fail to realize how competitive Ben is. Um, you know, in anything he does, he's competitive as hell. Like, we go back and forth, we trade barbs, and, you know, whether it's, you know, we have this thing in practice called seven shots, where it's literally lined up with the two, defense versus offense, first one to, you know, uh, it's best out of seven. So, you know, we're competing in that, but, like, anything we do, he's competitive. And, you know, it eats at him if we win, because we're all talking, like, we want him to know, like, you know, you lost, like, but like he's ready to give it to us as soon as we lose as well. So, you know, I think um, with his work ethic um, and his discipline, you know, uh, I think he's grown exponentially and I think he's, he's our leader. You know, he, he's one of the guys that we count on week in and week out, um, not only just, you know, elevate his game, but he elevates everybody around him. Um, you know, you know, many times we think we get the sacks in practice and, you know, they'll always hit us with, yeah, you think it's a sack, but that's not a sack. You know, he's able to break out of so much. One of so. the most secretly elusive QBs ever. Like, in the yeah. beginning of his career, if you were around his foot, he would have, like, three guys on him and still <laughs> throw it 40 yards. Exactly. And, you know, I'm like, Ben, I got you. It's a sack. But, you know, he, he's thinking he's breaking out of everything. And, you know, his offense, offensive line has learned you block more than five seconds on every play. Mm -hmm. So – you know, uh, kudos to those guys. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that never thinks uh, the down's over. I never will forget that playoff game against the Jaguars. That was – some of his throws to A.B. and Martavis were some of the most incredible things I've ever seen, ever. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> talked about leadership there. I thought you did a really cool thing recently. Internet mm. sports culture right now is if you get dunked on in basketball, Everyone says R.I.P. you and all that. Right. NFL, you get burned by a receiver and everybody's like, oh, he's toast. And it's crazy that because people aren't watching film and they're not watching the games and they're not reading the articles, yeah. they see one clip and they go to their friends and they go, he's overrated. And right. earlier this offseason, a clip of you getting the best of Quentin Nelson came out. And some of that talk started coming out, and you jumped in and said enough. Why did you feel the need to jump in, and what do you think of that culture as a well? whole? Man, you know, I have a lot of respect for Quinn. 
Um, you know, I, I think he is the, one of the top guards in our league. Um, but, you know, one, they threw around my name like, you know, oh, because I beat him. He, he's uh, he's trash. Mm. Like, oh, uh, that it was like, actually it, insulting you. Yeah. So, like, I took offense to that because it's like, dude, like, you know, I, I played one of my better games, but, you know, it's five star versus five star. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I you know, I know I got to study him. He's studying me. And, you know, uh, it's the best of the best, I feel like. But, you know, if you get beat, doesn't mean you're a bad player. Like, LeBron's gotten dunked on before. You know, Jordan's got scored on. He's got shook by AI. Like, for anybody to think, like, you're not going to lose is, you know, point blank dumb. So, uh, you got to respect the talent and know you're going to lose battles. But it's how you, you know, step up in the, throughout the season. You know, how, what is your body of work? Uh, how can they judge you off of that? And um, for, I feel like, you know, from an outside point of view, oh, that guy got schooled with one play. But look at the game, you know. I, we, we play against each other, and I might dominate him, but he might be dominating everybody else uh, in his other 15 games. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's a respect factor. But, you know, when we strap it up, you know, they're playing the best and I'm playing the best. And that's simple as that. Yeah, it's uh, – it goes, goes back to what I was saying in the beginning where I think that you're – I think you've been a force now your entire career. And every time I watch the game, I go, guys, do you, do you not see that Hayward right now is just muddying up this entire trench and that they can't get anything going? The play action's not working. Right. The run's not working. And it just goes to the thanklessness of the position. I yeah, you know, it, it, it's become to a point where sacks are everything and every other stat doesn't matter. Hmm. Um, what are the stats that should matter? More than they I, do. I think that should matter, but whether it's getting off the field, um, I think you have to value the run game as well, whether it's tackles for loss or uh, run stops at the line. Um, tackles in general, I think, should matter. Um, tackles then, matter more know, for you than I would say. Sometimes the linebackers or safeties, it, maybe it's a little bit further down the field, mm -hmm. but if you're wrapping yeah. up tackles, that's crazy. Right, you know, and then I, I think uh, turnovers have to be a big part of the game because those are momentum changers. Um, you know, for TJ, I feel like he had the, I want to say he had the most uh, turnovers um, and, you know, he was punching the ball left out and right. You know, that's more opportunities and you can't tell me that that dude's not deserving of the defense player of the year. Um, can you give me an example of why Mike Tomlin is a fun coach to play for? <laughs> fun uh oh you know, so it's I'm not kidding. fun <laughs> no i'm kidding but uh you know the thing i love about coach t is um he not only challenges me uh but he lets me be me um you know i think um so many times it's always the coach's way and you know he's trying to mold me into a certain player but no with him it's you know i know what you're capable of I just expect it every time you're out there and, you know, having that type of dialogue, but then he knows when to push my buttons and say, Oh, this guy, they think less of me than this guy. And, you know, I feel like I got to take that test and, you know, show him otherwise, but you know, it's about uh, understanding each player because I think he wants to have that, the relationship with each player as well. So that's the thing that's always made me laugh is I've always thought that if a coach was trying to motivate me some way, 
that I would be aware that he was trying to motivate me. And I would be like, I see yeah. what you're trying to do. It, has there been some that are so good that you didn't even realize it? And then afterwards, he's like, hey, Mark. I know when he's doing it, but still I have to, you know, still apply it. I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm letting this dude just, you know, Mike T just think about this. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to settle it once then and there. Yeah. And then I'm going to go into the meeting next week like, oh, you were talking that stuff? Knowing he was doing it on purpose. Was there a you game know, where uh, it was like, where you, it really motivated you? Man, there was a game, me and Bud were in, Bud Dupree, and, you know, they got first rounders over there. Coach T's hyping them up, and we're just like, you know, I'm like, Bud, we got ones over here too. Like, you know, we, we, we relish those challenges, but like, you know, every clip he was showing, it was like, oh, this guy's getting him. Oh, they dominate the run and the pass. And we're like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll let them, what you see when after this. And, uh, you know, after the game and we're in film, um, cause I had been talking shit all week. Like, like coach T like you saying this, but he ain't played yeah. me yet. So, you know, we get, into, we get in the meetings and like, okay, Hey, you won that one, but let's see if you can do it again next week. So, you know, we have those, those back and forth and, you know, uh, we challenge each other. Um, you know, and, you know, sometimes I'm like, coach, just sick me on I don't need a, I don't need a blitz. Let me roll. You know, I, you know, as a D lineman, you get into a mindset of, I don't need a blitz. I don't need extra guys. Just give me four, four man rush and we'll handle it from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes Coach T is like, you know, I got to mix this up, you know, with Coach Butts. But, you know, when, when it's gut check time, just let me get the four man rush. Uh, we are recording this on Monday the 27th. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when this is coming out. You're probably in the next week or two. But mm-hmm. as, right before we jumped on today, I saw Major League Baseball, the Miami Marlins. It's now 14 people in that locker room uh, have coronavirus. There's Again, we're recording this like in the morning. So yeah. the, the Yankees <laughs> are supposed to go in that locker room. Like There's talk about the whole Major League Baseball season can come out. I'm in Atlanta because I'm going to be doing stuff with the NBA. They're in a bubble. As you're right. watching all of this, as someone that has a family, how do you process what you guys are entering into? Man, um, I don't know all the protocols set for Major League Baseball. Um, you know, obviously health comes first and the safety of the game comes yeah. after that. So we have to make sure um, as athletes that all of that's being taken care of. Um, I know NBA is doing the bubble, which is great. And, you know, they've done things, but um, there's still so much we don't even know about this virus and we're just playing with it. Like, like we're really just trying to massage around it, which we can't. Um, you know, I, I, I still stand firm that I think the NFL is going to have proper protocols, but uh, it's going to come down to discipline as well. Um, I understand some guys might get it because their kids might go to school or, you know, other people working, but um, it's going to fall on the players' shoulders a lot um, with being disciplined this season. I'm all for everybody playing. Um, but we can't just jeopardize um, our lives going forward. Do you have any like tough conversations with your family? I, I, I haven't. Um, you know, you know, I, I personally have asthma, and you know, um, that's one of the high right. risks. But you know, I'm going to do everything possible to put myself in a good situation. Um, I think, which is different from like a college football sense, 
And I got a little brother who's at Michigan State dealing with this, this madness, which is even crazier. But for NFL's point of view, um, we have the same protocols across the board. Um, you know, and I think um, it's not only testing, but having the protocols to not only to not expose guys um, into the locker room. Um, you know, and I think uh, early on testing where it's every day to every other day, um, you know, we got to make sure we, we stay on top of that. But like I said, that discipline is going to have to be uh, pretty enforced from here on out. You know, I know everybody likes to think, oh, we gave the NFL more power in finding guys or, you know, making them more uh, susceptible to, you know, uh, losing their game check. Right. But um, what are we talking about, guys? If we want to play this game, there has to be some, t- some type of sacrifice to protect our players. The timing was very interesting. I mean, here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Lou Williams leaves the bubble in his <laughs> absence, goes to Magic City. Uh, apparently mm-hmm. on the menu, it says Lou Will Wings. Uh, and he, I'm not going to lie, I am probably going to bring my fiance. We're going to go and we're going to try the wings because <laughs> I need to see how good those wings are. Um, and grab me a plate and send it to my house in Georgia. I will, I will. But I, <laughs> for me, that's that. it was very interesting the timing where that happened. And then the NFL came out seemingly the next day and said, if you are doing actions that we deem irresponsible, you will lose pay. Right. That scared me from one standpoint. Who is the judge and the jury for what is irresponsible? You know, if you, are right. you at a kid's birthday party and there's a lot of people there and they see one person without a mask, are they going to say, because, you know, when, you, when, when people have the availability of taking game checks, man, like that scares me a little. Yeah, you know, I think um, as athletes, we always have that that thing in the back of our heads is who's watching us? What what are we doing? Um, whether you're, you know, simply out at the grocery store to whether you're out at the club. So, you know, um, not only heightens, um, and, you know, we got to understand this isn't forever. This isn't like our CBA where every year we're going to be dealing with this. Right. This is for the short period of time so we can get a season in and guys can be careful. Um, and, you know, I think we got to understand as players, we, we got to police each other in that. You know, does that quick, you know, you know, get together of, you know, 100 people really benefit you in the long run? You know, I'm all for guys getting their money. Like, you know, you see these deals get done and you see all these guys get, get money. I want to make sure you see every penny of that. Mm. And, you know, I want to make sure that you're alive to see it. And for me to do my part as in to, you know, stay at home, just watch film, you know, make sure I'm doing everything possible on my end. Um, I know I'm going to have some outliers, whether it's my kids or my wife, but, you know, they're all taking proper protocols too. Um, We all have to do that. You know, it's about doing our part. Mm. Um, You know, if we're going to play this game, And as I say, it's a game, Um, you know, we have to be responsible in that approach. Yeah. I think that's the thing too, is you guys have so many people involved, not even just on the roster, but like so many employees and, and, and handling travel that all I want us to watch. And, but I really, really want you guys to be safe because for me, it's, I think what, what you said in the beginning is there's, there's an unknown. And, and yeah. with an unknown, I don't want to test it. I don't want any lab rats in the NFL where we're, we're testing that stuff. So, Yeah. 
you know, one guy told me it was, you know, it's not the coronavirus is dealing with the NFL. It's the NFL dealing with coronavirus. Yeah. You know, we're in, we're in a pandemic, guys. Like, we got to make sure we, we, we take every precaution. Is it going to be perfect? Is it going to be um, like it was in the past? No. Like, you know, for anyone who thinks that is, you know, um, you know hurting, hurting our game and hurting our players, uh, you know, these rookies, they're in for a unique situation where they, uh, you know, they tell their families because this is something that is, you know, hasn't been dealt, dealt with before. So, you know, guys have to be willing to, you know, sacrifice short term um, to project our long term. Let's say everything goes great. Uh, we'll kind of end on this note. It's been a long time uh, since we've talked about the AFC North and everyone's focused on a team other than the Steelers. And there's a lot of talk about the Ravens right now, who I'm sure you're not a big fan of. Uh, the, the Browns are a team that everyone is going. Um, hold on, let me just fix this. So the, the Ravens are a team everyone's talking about. The Browns, everyone's going, don't sleep on the Browns. Their defense is phenomenal. The Bengals got the top pick. I feel like people are forgetting about the Steelers. And I was just wondering, how does that make you feel? And what should we expect energy-wise from you guys out of the gates this year? Man, uh, you know, one thing is we got a we got a gauntlet of Heisman's that I'm looking forward to wrecking this year. Uh, you know, I think uh, you look around and you see these great offenses, but you know, as a defense that doesn't have the Heisman player but has the Super Bowl winning quarterback, you know, we can't wait. We're we're salivating at these opportunities. These guys have, you know, uh, are great players, and you know. Um, it's up to us to knock them off the totem pole. You know, everybody's ready to crown a new king. And um, as I see it, no, nobody in our division won the, you know, the, the Super Bowl. Um, it's, it's, all, it's all a race for it. And um, we got to knock off a bunch of heads to get to that uh, Super Bowl uh, trophy. I didn't even think about that. Lamar, Burrow, and Baker, all Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Last one. If you and Lamar were in a gap together, could he shake you? Or do you think you'd be big enough to bring him down? I think I got the reach. Um, yeah, that's what I know. think, too. So, like, we, we do this drill sometimes on Fridays where it's literally um, the running back uh, and, like, the defender is blitzing at him and trying to cover as much space. Um, and I always jump in because, you know, I want to be a part of it. And, you know, it's mostly linebackers and DBs trying to, you know, take away as much space as possible. For, but for me, I'm like, what I might lack speed-wise, I make up length-wise. And so I'm going to cover more ground uh, in that approach, and he's going to have to shake me way more out of the hole. Uh, I just got to stay true to it and, you know, wrap up. <laughs> Hope you're safe. Hope the family is doing well. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Cam Hayward, a baller that you need to know on the Steelers because he's been dominating his whole freaking career. You're the man, dude. I appreciate you. Appreciate it, Adam. Appreciate you having me.